Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on August 4th, 2011. For newcomers, look into the website cuttingthroughthematrix.com and you'll find hundreds of audios which hopefully will give you shortcuts to understanding this the real world, the world you're not taught about at school, the world that your media doesn't talk about, and actually it's closer to science fiction, I suppose, than what you're given as reality, because a superstructure of integrated associations run the world, and they have for an awful long time, not by happenstance, not just because they're rich, but because they set out well over a 100 years ago to make it so, and that's how you always plan the future for yours and for you and your own, that is and to make sure that they'll always be in power. Your offspring will always take over from where you left off. Simple as that. Old idea, and it's actually been done a long time ago, and generations have lived through this system. It's based on eugenics and superiority, and uh, and that's the world as, as we have it today, basically. The, we've, we're going through an incredible time of change, and this time of change was talked about in the biographies, generally, of the big boys who helped planet. They love to boast about it. And when they said the time would come when the, the useless eaters would be superfluous, basically, in a post-industrial society. And that's what we're in today. We're not in the Western countries. We're not industrialists anymore. That's all been given to China, thanks to you and your, your kindness with your tax money, because you funded all the factories to move through the World Trade Organization Agreement. At least your governments did. So help yourself to the audios, and you'll start to understand how this all works. And remember, too, you're the audience that bring me to you, so you can help me keep going by buying the books and discs I have for sale at cuttingthroughthematrix.com. And from the U.S. to Canada, remember, you can still use a personal check or an international postal money order or PayPal to order. You'll find the button on the comm site. Just... Um, Followed up with an email with name, address, and order, and I'll get it out to you. Straight donations are certainly welcome. And across the rest of the world, it's the same idea. You've got MoneyGram, Western Union, and PayPal. And hopefully I can tick on it a little bit longer. I'm not backed by anybody. I don't bring on advertisers as guests to sell you anything. If I did, I'd be very sitting pretty right now. And um, that way I've got more leeway to be uh, more open uh, and, and honest about what I think. Uh, as far as the system goes. So it's up to you to keep me going. But we are going through the biggest changes planned a long time ago. Some of the books from 100 years ago talked about this change and called it the biggest change since Industrial Revolution, where millions were put off their land into the big industrial cities that had just been built to live in utter poverty as they helped to mass-produce for the rest of the world. As I say, that's been given to China today, and we are now the useless eaters in the West, because now they tell us from the Club of Rome that we are post-consumerist society, what they call austerity. So in other words, everything that you earn, instead of having superfluous money to spend on, on yourself or what you want to spend it on, that will go back to the governments and the world government as well, and that's the United Nations, and taxes and fees. And you won't have to buy all that junk anymore that doesn't last very long anyway from China. 
It's not meant to last very long. So you're post-consumer and you're in an age of austerity and that's what they're ramming home to you. And that's what all of this planned global crisis is happening now, right after the, a few years after the so-called bank crashes that just happened by themselves. Right at the right time to bring in austerity, by the way. Because they want to bring in the IMF, the World Bank, and the Bank for International Settlements up to its proper status, as we're meant to do. That's what they, they planned during the Big Bretton Woods agreements uh, during World War II. And they said that eventually these banks will run the world. So you've been trained now to go through a fear crisis and a poverty crisis, and then they'll come out with the answer, and you'll breathe a sigh of relief. That's how it works. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, we're back and this is Cutting Through the Matrix. Just talking about the big system we're being trained to accept. It's a new system and they've already talked over the many years and I've read the articles here on the air uh, that they want a global currency eventually and but prior to that too they want to basically bring in a similar uh, currency as the euro has to the, the, the United Americas. And of course they're talking about that now with the, the stock markets going down once again. Uh, they actually say on the Council on Foreign Relations, and I've said it the last time too, that they can use this crisis, of course, to, to help amalgamate the countries even further in the Americas. So everything's being used to their advantage at the top. The rest of it is to terrify you uh, so that you'll beg government to do something, which, of course, they'll dust off some old thing they've drafted up years ago and say, we just happen to have this ready, and here's your new system. That's what they always do. This is big, big dramas we go through. But um, also what's coming up too is the coming food shortages because I read last year and before that too that the Council on Foreign Relations, especially their headquarters, the British headquarters for the same organization, they call it the Royal Institute of International Affairs over there because they like to use the word royal. But at Chatham House, they've had think tanks working on the coming global food shortages for the last 16 years. They just knew it was going to happen. Why? Because, you see, the big members who own the organization also own the agribusiness across the world as well, and they'll make it happen at the right time. They're also buying up all the water supplies too. Same people. And this, uh, for the last few years too, I've watched the spraying going on like crazy in the skies. Uh, since '98, it really started on a pretty well daily basis in Canada, especially in Ontario. And then with the harp banging away too, I can pick it up on the shortwave all the time. Exactly what Tesla, not Tesla, but um, Teller said it would happen. And Teller was a guy who came up with the idea of spraying the skies with metallic particles. It could cause warming or cooling depending on the type of particle they used. But they could also couple it with uh, electromagnetic pulse frequencies like harp. In other words, it's called harp today, H-A-A-R-P. And uh, it basically gives them a great circuit across the world. They could use whole continents, those whole continents. And it not only does it affect the mood, but it also affects the weather. And, they can, and, and that's in the treaty of the United Nations, by the way, that they can use this technology from the 70s. Uh, they can actually use it and create hurricanes, storms, droughts, whatever they want, flooding. And we've watched this happening to the bread baskets in Canada and the States for quite some years. They either get, both get at the same time drought or they both get flooding. And this is what's been happening. Flood affected farmers to benefit from $440 million, it says here. 
flood-affected farmers in the prairies in Canada will de- benefit from around $448 million in funding this year. Federal and provincial governments in Saskatchewan, Manitoba and Alberta will make assistance available to farmers dealing with excess moisture. That's how they call this spraying. And the last time, actually, was a few years ago, I saw that somebody's house was floating away because a river burst its bank. And the CBC was there, and uh, and the woman's crying, of course, and, and her house is sort of floating away. And right above them, you saw these chemtrails crisscrossing the sky, <laughs> just all, all over the place. Nobody mentioned that, of course, in the in the little uh, talk they had with her. Anyway, this article says extreme weather and flooding is once again hurting our prairie farmers. Federal Agriculture Minister Jerry Ritz said. Governments have come together once again to develop a relief package that will help producers restore damaged croplands and transport feeder livestock so they can continue to produce the high-quality grains and livestock the world has come to expect. I'm sure it's all GM now anyway. As part of the Agri-Recovery Recovery Initiative, $30 are going to get $30 per acre of land that could not be seeded as of June the 20th, 2011, and cropland that was seeded but then flooded out or on, or on before July the 31st, 2011. The livestock producers also get assistance to help cover extra costs such as renting pasture and transporting feeder livestock. So your food is just going to continue to skyrocket as um, this continues because I know, uh, just by my own studies too, and by... As I say, the United Nations, various treaties have signed and the amendments to the, to the weather warfare treaties since the 70s onwards. They're actually using it, plus I can use my own eyes, and then I can pick up the, the heart pulses, the woodpecker, they call it, uh, on the shortwave radio. So I have no problem understanding what's really going on. Creating flood or drought, they can do either. Quite easy. It's actually, it's routine nowadays. And... What we get to uh, during all of this uh, is the markets tumble, it says, on fears of U.S. slowdown. So it's a slowdown in the U.S. There's no work left. And the debt crisis, it says. Uh, it says Toronto, North American stock markets racked up big losses Thursday afternoon over rising pessimism about slowing economic conditions. The S&P TSX composite index plunged 432.61 points to 12,383.41, while the TSX Venture Exchange fell 101.18 points, etc., etc. The Korean dollar also got caught up in the downdraft. I like how they word it all, downdraft, it's just like blowing up and down, as tumbling prices for oil and metals helped push the currency down 1.7 cents to 102.19 cents U.S. That's amazing, because last week you were getting 94 cents of the Americans to, to a Canadian dollar. New York markets also fell hard with the Dow Jones Industrial Average tumbling to 359.8 points to 11,536.64, etc., etc. Just a couple of weeks ago, investors were concerned the U.S. economy had hit a soft patch. I love the terminology, soft patch. It's all manipulated. Eh? <laughs> and I know what happens to me. You end up on your back if you hit a soft patch in the field. Since then, a raft of economic data have raised worries about the economy slipping back into recession. We've never been out of it. Manufacturing, consumer spending and hiring by private companies are below levels that are consistent with a healthy economy. These are the experts talking, you know. We need, we need these experts. It's now become completely uh, about the economy, said Sid Mokhtari, market technician at a CIBC world market. It says evidence suggests there's now the, the risk of a serious economic slowdown, <laughs> slowdown slipping and, <laughs> and all the rest of it, and, and downdrafts and updrafts. Uh, that sounds like the weather station. But anyway, that's the nonsense we're fed because it's all planned this way is because we'll have to go into – we're in the global system. We're in 
um, not just a global system of countries partnering with other countries through treaties into one system, but also they must get all the monies into the one system as well. And the only way to do it is to train you all. It's, it's not because of the guys who are manipulating it. They know what's going on, and they never suffer. It's to do with training you all for new systems, so we'll all breathe, breathe a sigh of relief when it's all done. Oh, thank God we've got some new currency, and, and nothing, will, nothing will happen again. That's what they always tell you eh, after depressions. This will never happen again. We've got experts working on it. And then you got food stamp nation. Alabama helps push the U.S. program to an all-time high. Uh, it says Alabama is responsible for much of the 1.1 million increase in food stamp recipients after horrific storms tore through the area and led some residents to seek disaster relief, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Some 45.8 million people collected food stamps in May, up from 44 million in April, according to the USDA. That's an all-time high, up 12% from a year ago, and an astonishing 34% from two years ago. Everything's percentages now. It's like George Orwell's Department of Statistics, because we're all socialists now, you see. Comparing May 2010 to May 2011, more than 20 states have seen double-digit percent growth in individuals seeking food and assistance benefits. Well, I guess the New World Order is right on track of where they're going, eh? The rise in the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program indicates the economy is still in tough shape, and for a lot of people, the recession has not ended. Nicholas Kolas, Chief Market Strategist for Converex, told ABC News. So anyway, in Alabama alone, 4.7 million residents, 1.7 of them are receiving assistance for food based on figures from the USDA. It's more than doubled from May 2010 to May 2011. So it's also up to in Midwest, in Illinois, food stamps have risen by 46% in Cook County, 133% in DuPage County, 84% in Lake County, 96% in Kane County, 168% in McHenry County, and 74% in Will County, according to the Daily Herald. Amazing, eh? Uh, the land of opportunity. It was for some, mind you, the opportunists all came, and uh, they're, they're all running the country right now. And then you get the same thing too. It says uh, 35 billion pounds wiped off the UK shares as fear stocks the world economy. We're all getting the same message, eh? It says the index drops by, drops by 132 points to 5,585.74, down 2.5% after the three consecutive day drops. Anyway, a massive 35 billion pounds was wiped off the value of Britain's biggest companies yesterday as a global economy sunk deeper into crisis. It won't matter to them because they're all over the planet and other things as well. Stock markets around the world fell as a debt storm in America blew back across Atlantic to Europe and threatened to engulf Italy and Spain. This global society is just wonderful, but we've had nothing but panic and mayhem since we started it, isn't it? Same with the euro as well. We're all amalgamating and we'll be rich in promises of peace and prosperity, they called it. Now, now everybody's bailing out everybody else until there's nothing left to bail out. Hmm? Panic investors were also rattled by signs of a severe slowdown in the US, the world's biggest economy, as it edged closer to a double-dip recession. In New York, the Dow Jones Index America's stocks recovered only slightly after falling for eight straight days. Niggas on about the loss of confidence in financial markets, etc., etc., etc. And it's here's the important part: the rise in permanent jobless. The number of Britons who will never find work has risen by as much as half a million as a result of damage done during the why they call it recession. Eh? Leading economists say. 
Even when the economy has recovered, around 2 million will still be jobless. I can remember Maggie Thatcher, and she was well in on this global society. And she always played the conservative, it's quite a joke. But anyway, she, in fact, she, she, she destroyed all the miners' unions uh, and closed down the mines and, and uh, by, by buying in massive amounts of coal from what it was then, communist Poland, this great conservative, ended, ended the coal mining industry by bringing it in from the communists, the great conservative that she was. Anyway, research by the and she also said, by the way, on, on national television at the time, uh, there are millions who will never see work in their lifetime. This generation, many of them will never see work in their lifetime. Get used to it, she says. She is planned a long time ago, folks. Long time ago. We're just living through the script. Back with more after this break. Hi folks, I'm Alan Watt and we're cutting through the matrix. Just going through the news, it's all over the world right now, but it's a lot for the US and Canada as they, as they build the tensions up before they give us the solutions, of course. And it says, sudden and unexpected burst of downsizing causes layoffs to explode nearly 60% in July. It says a sudden and unexpected burst in private sector they call it downsizing, which is layoffs, of course, pushed the number of announced job cuts to a 16-month high of 66,414 in July, according to the latest report on downsizing, which is layoff activity, released Wednesday by Global Outplacement Consultancy Challenger Gray and Christmas Incorporated. The 66,414 job cuts last month were up 60% from the previous month when employers announced plans to shed 41,432 workers. The July figure was 59% higher than the 41,676 layoffs recorded in July 2010. It was the largest monthly total since March 2010 when 67,611 job cuts were announced by the nation's employers. Uh, the July job cut surge was dominated by a flurry of large layoffs by a handful of private sector employers, including Merck and Co., Borders, Cisco Systems, Lockheed Martin. Oh, this Lockheed Martin is amazing. Uh, they, they do all the census for all the countries. They do your your taxes for all the countries too. A lot of other things, and they outsource it all to India as well. This, this company, this this is a this is a weapons manufacturer. Uh, and it's, it's going right into the observing you uh, type mentality with its camera systems and computer systems to all countries now. It's, it's really the global one that's been marked for watching all of us, Lockheed Martin. Anyway, it says, and Boston Scientific. The job cuts from these five companies alone accounted for 30,100 or 57% of the July total. And then it gives you uh, a month-by-month total, etc., just to show you what's really going on in the great lands of opportunity, all planned a long time. They, they talked about what, what they're going to do with the peasants when they move all the stuff to China. They, they talked about this before they did it. They knew what they were going to do. And a service economy is what they said they'd replace it by, which where you buy things in from outseas, out, out, out uh, abroad, and, and then you simply pass it around from middlemen until it ends up on the shop floor and you buy it. That's what it means. 
and of course you cannot survive long as a service economy. They knew that years ago. They talked about that in Britain uh, before they even joined the common market, in fact. So that's what they plan to bring in for the peasants as they bring down the old structure, the old world system, to bring in the new world order. And this is all part of it, of course. But don't worry, it's not to go on forever. Eventually there will be no nations, and there will be no... um, uh, even the regions will, will sort of mellow down into a few or a handful of big super city states, they said, for the ultra-elite. The rest of the peasants, I guess, just die off up to the year 2050, according to the articles I've read on the air here from their big think tanks at NATO. Anyway, we're going through it now, and in the Bank of New York, Mellon to slap fees in some big deposits amid the global race to cash. And it says... Um, they're preparing to change some large depositors to hold or, or charge them to hold their cash in the latest sign of the worries rolling global, global markets. And it says a big U.S. custodial bank said this week in a note to clients it will begin slapping a fee next week on customers that have vastly increased their deposit balances over the past month. It says the bank cited the heavy dollar deposits it's received over recent weeks as investors and corporations retreat from financial markets amid Europe's debt crisis and the recent debate over U.S. government borrowing. What debate? In a way, they're pushing out uh, this hot money that came in over the last couple of weeks, or at least trying to offset their expenses associated with taking it in, said Brian Smedley, a rates strategist at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. This has led to lower front-end rates across the board. Anyway, I think you just cut up that melon and, and sp- spread some sp- uh, slices around to all of us, I think. How about that, eh? I want to mention, too, I'm also going to put up tonight a link to a newspaper in Canada. It ties in with the first article where you'll see the new storm clouds. We have the old type. We've got the new normals now, storm clouds as they come in. And they're like big swirling vortexes right above you. You see them in Ontario all the time. Uh, even from the satellite, you'll see them. And, and it's swirling, just swirling a big vortex over you. Uh, and it's hot, and uh, and then it'll pour down like crazy on you. And sometimes it just hovers there and, and just builds up the heat and does nothing else. And even in the satellite, you'll see the the the, the, the red for heat builds up. It's, it's incredible. When it passes over this area in Ontario, it turns back to green. So they're def- definitely harping away. And, of course, again, you think it's all science fiction. It's actually old stuff, and it's well-recorded. Uh, it's all patented, the whole bit's up and running. And tonight, too, I'll even put up a couple of links to uh, a fellow who got the bright idea looking at the Antarctic. And you'll see all the different foreign bases there, and American and Canadian and lots of other ones. And they all have these harp arrays all over the place. And then Antarctica, too. I guess they match the ones up in Alaska, just, uh, just exactly what Tesla suggested they do for standing wave technologies. And you'll see those big, massive, like golf ball structures. They have huge things, and that's the that's their over the, the ground radar too, which is also used in conjunction with superheating the atmosphere in specific points. I laughed when they when they brought those things out because they tried to con the Canadian public when they first brought them out that it was to to ultra sensitive devices to detect particles coming in for solar solar particles. They said, "I'm not kidding you. This is the rubbish they told Canadians." Uh, and I just did a, a quick look up and uh, and saw what it really, really was, which was all documented and all the rest of it. And, uh, and they even have floating ones now on platforms to go around the coast. We're getting a harp from all directions, superheating the atmosphere. And they even tried exploding parts of the atmosphere too, which is also documented in 
Canada and Australia. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network because you can handle the truth. Hi, folks. We're back. This is Cutting Through the Matrix. And just pointing out all the apparent mayhem and chaos, uh, whether it's real or not, whoever knows, um, that's been bombarded throughout the media in just one day, basically. And that's it's all ready for the changes to come. Uh, but uh, real people really suffer during all of this, too, is that we all get trained to go into new systems and more government control and more government authorities and bureaucracies to deal with and all that, because that will come out of it, too, as you well know. We're the most over-regulated planet, I guess, in the whole cosmos, and definitely in the all of time on this one. And, and that they haven't stopped yet. They've got an awful lot to go. Maybe that's the only hiring that goes on is for government, I think, nowadays. And this is from Australia. 85 Australian buildings and construction firms go under in a month. It's crazy you buy a house in Australia now. And it's true enough because now it's, it's Fabian Socialist run. And uh, carbon taxes going straight ahead. Farmers who can't plant because government's designated their areas as, their areas as carbon sinks. And uh, I guess you can, you can buy, build a, a little rockery, like a fire outside, sit in it at night and imagine a real fire that used to get lit in it. You know, that's as far as you can go, use your imagination, because you can't actually light one, because it's getting off nasty carbon. But anyway, um, there you go with the building houses there. It says, the implosion in Australian housing is now in full swing as 85 building and construction firms go under in one month. The building and construction industry seems to be bearing the brunt of the brittle Australian economy with more than 85 companies either entering administration, liquidation or being hit by a winding up notice over the past month in Victoria and New South Wales alone. Over the past fortnight, Safi Brothers Construction, Port Melbourne Building Supplies, Coastline Brickling and Blue Hills Brickling have entered administration. Others to have collapsed of late include plumbers, plasterers, and landscape gardeners. And there'll be a lot more associated with the building as, uh, corporations as well, the whole industry. So there's an awful lot of trades couldn't even pay their bills during the GFC, and now the ATO is coming to get them, Sanderson says. I guess we can figure out what all that means. Whereas other industries might continue to limp on, small trades might, have, might not have the ability. So... It's uh, it's worldwide, and that's what they want—a worldwide crisis, so they can, the big boys can come in, just like Obama did with his new his new Congress, you know, the, the Council of Twelve Wise Men, and uh, the same thing will happen for the world too. I'm sure it's all planned, and the, the boys are all picked for it. And we'll hear about this as things get worse, no doubt, and things just limp along. And also, the cons that are going on by the banks. Well, we know about the cons. We know about the whole building. Uh, and the mortgage rackets, the rackets actually, call them what they are, they're rackets. Uh, money itself is a racket, mind you, but the guys who run it are marketeers and, and racketeers, and everything to do with it really is a racket today. To go on ahead, you must have, you must be taught very young by the right people of how to think, not linearly, but round things. Uh, you must see them from all angles and how you can personally profit and benefit, and they're taught that at a very early age. 
And you don't make money by being a tradesman and actually making something that's useful. You, get, you make money by handling and, and creating money out of nothing. And uh, that's the real corner of this world that we live in. But in controls as all. Isn't that amazing? Billions of people are controlled by something called money. And they have no, no participation in the creation of it. Or even deciding how much it's really worth for its purchasing power. And even if you collect some of it, they can devalue it so fast it's worth nothing. What a joke, eh? This is the 21st century, and they're still playing the same con. But anyway, this happened to, to one guy. It's happened to lots, actually. Uh, St. Petersburg's, uh, it says, Saji Matthew missed the October 12th mortgage payment on the mobile gas station he co-owns. He missed one day, right? On October 13th, he took the money to the bank, thinking that would make things right. He tried to make his November and December payments as well. But each time BP and T, BB and T it's called, I'm not sure what one is, kicked back his money. It says 10 months later, Matthew was still trying to pay in circuit court. On Tuesday, he offered BB and T $50,000, the total amount due since October. But BB and T didn't want the money. It wants the gas station. See what they give you something that's nothing. You make it into something, and and you just you just miss that amount by an hour, the payment by an hour or whatever. And these guys have already sized up what it's now worth. You see, and they'll have insiders who want it too. You know, I says they won't take my money. Said Matthew, I want them to take it. I was one day behind paying the mortgage. BB and T's stands flabbergasted. The judge in the case, all the people that understand anything about mortgage foreclosures need to know this stuff, Circuit Judge Amy Williams said in court. This is the idiocracy of this stuff. This is why we're in a worldwide financial crisis because there's no business sense anymore in the foreclosure industry. None. And it blows my mind, totally blows my mind. But you see, it's a racket. Everything is utterly corrupt. Can't we understand it? Everything's supposed to be on the up and up. And, and uh, respectable is actually a racket. It's always been a racket. I've got articles here on, on all the businesses and the agribusinesses uh, that the government's funding with your tax money so that you'll buy that stuff that the government's funding. Because they've got all these deals worked with the big agribusinesses. That's why they've got all the GM stuff and all your foods and so on. That's why they churned out dog food now that's actually primarily GM corn. It's just astonishing the public have no idea of how they're managed and controlled and killed off too with all the poisons. But anyway, that's a whole different thing altogether. Here's Britain too. Britain's one of the most corrupt countries as well, even with the local councils across the country. You've got these different cliques that are in, uh, in charge of the, the counties and the cities. Uh, much like New York, New York has even had put movies out on them that are so corrupt. It's just the way it is. Everybody knows everybody at the top, and they'll make their deals. Chief constables in Britain and his deputy are both suspended after being arrested in corruption probe. This is only one of many. One of Britain's most senior police officers was arrested on suspicion of corruption. Cleveland Chief Constable Sean Price, 53, and his deputy Derek Bonnard, 45, are being quizzed by detectives investigating allegations of misconduct, abuse of position, and corrupt practice. A chief constable has, has not been arrested uh, uh, and charged with an offence since 1958. So it's the first time since 1958 someone's been arrested. That shows you how, how strong masonry is, eh? Mr. Price, who is one of the most highly paid officers in Britain, thanks to a gold-plated perks package, which takes his salary to, to £191,905. Not bad, eh? 
They say crime doesn't pay, eh? Well, suspended from duty along with his deputy yesterday. It says the force's former solicitor, Carolyn Llewellyn, this is a lawyer, who left last month after 36 years with a £213,000 redundancy payoff, was also held yesterday because she was in on all the scams. The shock arrest came after Her Majesty's Inspector of Constabulary asked Warwickshire Police to investigate allegations of corruption regarding business practices at the force in May this year. And what it ends up is they're all getting contracts out and stuff. Contracts all over the place, much like Ottawa and Montreal and Toronto and, gee, I could go all night with all different names. But that's the way it really works. Folk have no idea that everything that's supposed to be official and, on the, as I say, on the up and up is actually corrupt. It says here, one of the things that we're doing in 2009, local heating and plumbing firm Combi UK won a contract to carry out maintenance work at a police building and various police buildings, it's unclear who signed off the contract. That's how they do it. It's always a scrawl, eh? <laughs> Mr. McLucky, who openly acknowledged that he was paid £900, that's why it's called McLucky, a month to advise a company about health and safety employment issues, has denied any wrongdoing and said he took no part in the contract negotiations. He resigned just days after the probe was launched, saying he'd been subject to a character assassination. They always say that, eh? They get indignant on television. And, and my God, you know, and they wave their arms and the whole bit, all that woeful stuff, sackcloth and ashes. But uh, you know darn well, that's just, this is how the, whole, the old boys club works. And lots of other ones too, they were giving out some... Um, Tacking on cash to all their tabs and their costs and giving out contracts for the, for the town and city, etc., etc. And, and getting the right people jobs, which is normal amongst them too, generally their own relatives. But I'll put this article up as well tonight. And we all know this stuff really, but we don't want to think about it. Another thing too is, of course, the unification of Africa and the African Union. And of course, people can't remember that far back when, uh, strangely enough, um, when the African uh, army was really storming through, funded by the West and the East, by the way, with their armaments, and they got rid of Rhodesia and other countries along the way. Uh, the U.S. president and the British prime ministers were all dead silent about it as they were kicking all the folk out of the country and all that kind of stuff, except for Mandela and different ones who eventually came out and talked about the African Union, the African Union. And uh, it's just like the European Union, in a sense, that's where they wanted to go, you see. And, of course, the, the guys in Africa don't plan this. It's planned by the big boys that already run the money for the world. And they've got, they've got South Africa now lending out parts of Africa to bail out other countries in Africa, just like Europe's doing. South Africa lends Swaziland $355 million. It says... Uh, it says South Africa has agreed to a 2.4 billion rand, that's $355 million, bailout for Swaziland to help the impoverished southern African nation through a chronic cash crisis, the Times of Swaziland said on Wednesday. The paper cited King Mzwata III, Africa's last absolute monarch, is saying it was very fortunate that South Africa had come to Swaziland's aid after international lenders such as International Monetary Fund had withheld support. We're thankful and also appreciative the assistance we've received. This king, by the way, spends it all on himself. You know, but uh, what's new, eh? So all this integration and globalization is just great. Peace and prosperity, they call it. Peace and Well, the ones at the top definitely get the prosperity, and they get a lot of peace as well. They're always on holiday uh, with all that cash. 
But uh, this is what we're living through today. Utter diabolical corruption. Uh, societies that are totally degraded by the culture industry, which is an all-out war on the public if you, if, don't, if you can't figure it out. It's not giving the public what they want. It's, it's training the public, this is what you want. This is what you're getting. Because we mimic what we see and what we do. A whole war has been raged, raged for an awful long time on the first world countries. And it's been awfully successful. Very, very successful. And then the EU too, I'll put up an email. It was to do with someone who resigned there. Because up in this great uh, Soviet system, they call the EU Parliament, uh, which is run by secret guys at the top. It's so uh, anti-democratic. They actually say that now, by the way, that it's not democratic. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that someone resigned and, and she went on about uh, the fact that to get on there, you have to prostitute yourself to all the, the bigwigs at the very, very top. I'll put that email up. That was pulled from the EU site, but someone managed to grab it. And then another article as well about um, why this all happened and uh, explains it too. But it's utterly, everything now is corrupt, you understand. There's no concept of right and wrong anymore, but there never was with the ones who run the world. At least not the, ones that you, the one that you think about is right and wrong. And they've got a lot of society like that too. They always say that if, if psychopaths are in charge of society or countries, uh, then they give you a psychopathic culture where we try and emulate them, not to the same extent, but uh, we do take on a lot of their, their behavior. Unfortunately, in a monetary system, that is, that is true. And uh, But the ones at the top are absolutely corrupt. The ones that you see on television giving lovely speeches all written by their speechwriters uh, is utterly, utterly corrupt. And then Canada, is, 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 which is awfully socialist and awfully, awfully good that way, um, I can remember years ago talking on the air about how in Vancouver at West there were, there had films out to show youngsters at school, they were under 12 I think some of them, how to, how to use needles for heroin, because there's so much heroin flooding in the country, and how to use the needles safely. So they're teaching school children that. They're even giving them lessons in school, knowing they'll, 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 a good lot of them will grow up to be on crack, you see. And, but now it's going even further. Vancouver to hand out clean, unused crack pipes. That's awfully nice, eh? Amongst impoverished drug addicts in Vancouver's downtown east side, crack cocaine users face an extra hurdle to feed their addiction. The heroin users can pick up clean needles from needle exchange programs or, or the city's controversial safe injection site, which have at least partly curbed risky needle sharing, but crack pipes are more difficult to come by. Amazing how they can afford that stuff, but they can't afford a pipe, eh? even a corn cob one. Some cor- crack smokers can afford to buy small glass or pyrex stems to use as pipes. Others fashion makeshift pipes from bottles, cans, or even hollow car antennas. And in many cases, just simply share, potentially putting themselves at risk of contracting disease. So now they're launching a pilot project later this year to distribute clean, unused crack pipes to drug users. As far as I'm concerned, that, that's basically giving the, the, the go-ahead and, uh, and saying that's okay. If the authorities say it's okay, then it's okay to do it. But it is too. I remember years ago reading, uh, at least in the, in the 80s, late 80s, uh, that RCMP said at the time that the big banks in Canada would all immediately crash if they were to go ahead and arrest all the big the big yeah, amounts of cocaine and heroin flooding in the country. It was keeping the banks afloat, just like it is in the U.S. And in the U.S. too, of course, they've come up with the fact that uh, 
the U.S. Uh, government agencies have been dealing with uh, importing drugs for years and years and years now. Another article came out today on that topic as well. Now, we'll go to the callers. There's Steve from Texas hanging on. There's Steve there. Oh, yeah, good evening. Man. Thanks for taking my call. Yes. Uh, yeah, I want to call in uh, because last night you touched on an important topic. Uh, it's how we uh, adaptation and how we don't ask questions. We just go along with whatever we're presented with. Yeah. Uh, I had a very good, important conversation with someone last night about the airport scanners. Mm-hmm. Uh, the question came up, uh, asking if I would travel to Europe. And, you know, sarcastically, I joked, uh, yeah, I would travel if, you know, once they remove the, the uh, scanners from the airport. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she, she made an interesting phase in the comment uh, as if to say, well, why wouldn't I travel or why wouldn't I go through the scanners? And, I, you know, I object stating that, uh, you know, well, I feel that I haven't done anything wrong. You know, why should I have to go through a scanner and be bombarded with radiation, you know, yeah. Un- unwillingly, unwillingly. And she stated, well, and it's interesting, you know, she compared it to breathing air outside. Well, she said, if that's the case, then you might as well not go outside and breathe because, you know, it's, it's the same thing, you know. But it's interesting how, you know, breathing is something that you have to do to survive. It's something mm-hmm. that you can't consciously control, but buying an airline ticket and boarding a plane is something that you can control. Yeah. It's something that we should stop if we would just simply step back and, and not contribute to these airlines and board their planes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I mean, if people would just say that, you know, I mean, uh, radiation, that's a, an article that just came out too in the British Medical Journal after years of study on uh, CAT scans, for instance, they say it's equal to about 500 chest x-rays and that pretty well everybody that they've checked on years later has come down with cancer. I mean, so they know the darn stuff, what it's doing to you, and, and yet they're trying to train the public to be dosed with something that is potentially lethal. Not only that, their own union uh, for, the, for the guards around the airport have, have warned them all. It says that the death rate in cancer is skyrocketing amongst their own staff at these airports. So this is a killer, and we're going to say no. Back with more after this break. Hi, folks. We're back, cutting through the matrix. And just to, to finish about Stephen there, he's talking about people should just stop. I wish they would just stop going to, to these places and using their, their so-called services because people have the right to travel. And you understand there's many ways to restrict your right to travel unless it's on their terms. If you travel, you're going to come down with something down the road that's not going to be very pleasant. And that's wrong. And, of course, we know that even Israel that sells an awful lot of these things these particular scanners is in the business of it. And that came because one of the guys at the top of Homeland Security, once he left that, went into the business and, and made sure that it was all pushed in the American people, all these scanners. And uh, Israel itself will not use them because they say that they're, they're no use for what they're supposed to do. They're actually no use, except they might kill you, but they're no use for detecting anything, the things they're after. So they won't even use it in Israel, but the, the U.S. are used as schmucks to, 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 to use it. So it's incredible and uh, the people had to stop it because um, you don't want yourself or those you love to come down with diseases down the road, just like the TSA staff are coming down with now. And that's on their, on their own union website. Uh, they say that there's a high percentage of cancers now developing amongst all their own guards because they're standing around this stuff all day long. Now, we'll try uh, Willis from Idaho, if he's still there. Is he there, Willis? 
Hello, Willis. Hello. Yeah? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, say, uh, uh, I got a two-part question. I hope we can get this in. I'm coming to some conclusions I'm really not liking. Uh, this has all happened before, and it's going to happen again. They, we've had this tech, we've been this technology, uh, technologically, uh, advanced before. They built a pyramid, they have those giant petroglyphs that you can only see from sky. Um, I'm wondering, every time we start to get, uh, the, the masses start to get educated and start to get an understanding. They burn down the, the, the Library of Alexandria. Uh, every time they start to do that, this is just a, a, a test tube, this whole thing. If there is a God, he doesn't care much about us. These people keep this technology. They keep this information and this understanding, and, and they manipulate our DNA, and we come back as a little bit different each time if that's, that's what the case I'm not liking what I'm thinking. Am I on the wrong track? There's no doubt about it. I keep saying, uh, like Charles Fort said, we're farmed. We're farmed, you understand. And uh, as Karl Marx did say some truths in his various uh, writings, and he said that the only true worth and value comes from human labor. That means you've got to have a lot of division of labor. That means the masses are the laborers. And, the, and you've got this clique at the top, which they call government, which is interlaced with corporations. And these guys live with their with private jets and, and lots of servants and big, big mansions. So you understand, uh, this is how the system really is. It's, it's a class system. And uh, they actually call them, they, they bring in eugenics into it. They, they claim they're, they're more, as I mentioned, Bertrand Russell said, eventually the world managers. This is in his own writings. A guy who attending all these world meetings helped set up the system that you're now going through. He said eventually the, the world leaders and, and the management class, because there's special education, and again, they're selective, they're, they're specially chosen um, mates. For offspring, he said, eventually they'll become a separate species from the from the from the working class. Well, technically that's happened. We're dumbed down, we're poisoned, we're inoculated to be stupid, and we don't live that long now, at least healthily. And um, they can fine manage it, fine tune it right down now to with all your inoculations that you'll kick the bucket around 60 or 65 just before you get your pension. I mean, it's it's that precise. Over and over and over. Again, they've done this. Yeah. How, many, how many millions of years has this been going on, do you think? Well, I'm sure it's an old science, and killing off the peasantry is nothing new for, for you know, herd management. And they call it herd management at the top. But thanks for calling. And from Hamish and myself, Frontier Canada, it's good night to me. Your God or your gods go with you. <laughs>